Hello again and welcome to the Gospel to Boldly podcast, where we confess with St. John saying, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts, I'm Thomas Lemke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown, and we're uh, glad to be back and finally recording after, I, at least on my end, an incredibly crazy December. Likewise. Um, uh, one of the things I discovered is, I mean... December's always busy for pastors. In fact, something you may not know, um, most people want to say that that Lent and Easter and Holy Week is the busiest time of the year. No. No, the busiest is from Thanksgiving through Epiphany, because basically they're both six weeks of stuff and extra services, but you also have parties in in. December and, and social obligation. I mean, no no one sits around and says, oh, you know what? We need to have a nice Easter party in the middle of Lent. <laughs> it just it just doesn't happen. And then after that, I had a couple of weddings and a couple of funerals. I, I think in a normal month, in, in a normal like four-week stretch, I will have to plan out four different services. This time I did 17. Holy cow. Yeah, it was kind of nuts. This is life, and of course, the great big news, in addition to those services, I, I have had to go see The Force Awakens five times. <laughs> what, now, one of them was with the youth group from, from church, so that, that, that was kind of awesome. But, uh, nice. I've so been that, once. That, once? Once. Oh, oh. Well, I I am sipping some fine coffee by Gillespie coffee out of my I, I'm showing it via the Skype to uh, to Thomas now my my Star Wars Force Awakens first order coffee mug insulated Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. It's, a, it's a Christmas gift from my organist that is a good organist That's pretty I tell legit you. there yeah that uh, Captain Phasma standing yep. there all menacing like yep 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 more more menacing than she was in the movie but, <laughs> um. No spoilers. Uh, <laughs> nor, nor will we turn this into the 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 Force Awakens episode. That would be a fun special episode we could do. Yeah, we might have right. to. But you'll have to see it more. Ooh, and then I can explain to my we're we're doing a podcast on it, dear. I have to go see it again. So it's fresh in my mind. It's been a whole week since I saw it, and and so yeah, I don't know if that would fly. Uh, <laughs> so, but how how's life been down south? Good. We're uh, we're watching our sun grow and trying to stay warm here. I'm sure in Illinois you're you're not much uh, better well, for the weather, but we've been warm. It, it's been a very weird winter. We've been warmer than than Oklahoma up in Illinois, which is just odd. It, it's backwards. In fact, uh, today uh, my my son started preschool and my oldest Victor, and uh, it was cold. It was like 20 degrees out, and that's been like the first really cold day of the winter so far we in fact uh when the big storms came through the the snow tornado earthquake apocalypse that hit oklahoma that was the day we had our our star wars marathon which ended up going to see force awakens at night nice and uh we got basically by 4 p.m it, it was kind of sleety slushy all morning and at 4 p.m it, it it was turning to rain, and I went up to clean up my car, and it was like scraping a, a quarter inch of snow cone off of the car. 
There you go. I mean, it, that, that's what it was like snow cone ice. And then, then it warmed up and got to like 40 degrees and rained and it melted it all. And it was utterly neat. And then I, my, my poor family and friends in Oklahoma are getting hammered. And it's just like, this is just backwards. I, I'd been thinking, man, I better prepare my poor son for a cold winter. And it's like, oh, it would have been colder in Oklahoma. Yep. So, all right. Well, thus is life. Now, we've been away for a bit, but but we stopped at a good place. And we're going to get started up again at a really good place. We are in the middle of John 10, mm -hmm. the famous uh, Good Shepherd passage. So uh, we're going to start at John 10, verse 11. Any random questions before we dive on in? No, I don't think so. All right. Now, now we, we, we do have a, an in-studio audience that's very small and sometimes grabby, but I think things will go fine. So far, so good. You me to, if you need me to read or something, just like yell at me, because I can be oblivious when I'm thinking. Okay, cool. All right, you want to start up at verse 11? Let's do it. High quality production, high quality. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. All right. Now, we know this passage, right? We're, we're used to this idea. We forget how strange it is. Okay. Now, First of all, it is an ego and me. It is an I am right. statement. So, so it is Jesus doing that whole I am God type of thing. So it is ego and me, hopoime, hokalos. Now, kalos is an interesting word. It gets translated here as good, which is a good translation of it. But it's not just good as in good versus bad. But kalos has the idea of of being worthy, of being fit, of being appropriate, of being of being all the the virtuous things. Um, you could very easily translate this as "I am the worthy shepherd." Okay, I am the the fit shepherd. I am the appropriate shepherd. And so it's not just a, a contrast of of good versus bad, light versus dark. No, no, it, it, it's it. Ooh, ooh, now I want to go check up something and. No, ah, hey, hey, ooh, ooh, all right. I should go check up where. Where in Revelation is that whole worthy is the Lamb? Oh, you're asking the wrong guy. Oh no. Okay, let me. See. They're opening the seals. I believe it's midway through, approximately. So you might try chapter ten through twelve. Hang on, hang on. Okay. See, this is one where where this is gonna. This, I'm telling you, this is great radio. I want to see if I'm just like got a pointer or uh do 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 okay no 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 okay new song five nine okay oh yeah there it is oh it would help if I actually looked at I I I was in Revelation five in the Greek and I switch over to there uh, on the computer and I'm looking I'm like I can't make oh I'm not in verse nine okay that explains it all right and let's see and behold they were saying. Oxios, okay, worthy to take. All right, there's a different word that gets translated as worthy, and that's oxios, which is, but but you still have this idea of of it's kalos is is idealized. It's not just it's I'm the shepherd the way the shepherd should be. Does that does that make it's not a better? Oh wow! Look at that. He really knows how to manage those sheep. No, no. It, it, it's it's. I'm the idealized shepherd. Does that kind of make sense? Yes, Gandalf. It does. 
<laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. Oh, no, no, see, I was, I thought you'd pick up on that. I was uh, referring to Gandalf's Saruman quote. Oh, oh, oh. I thought that's what, oh, no, 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 where no. you were going. That, that, that was what I was kind of referring to. It just, uh, there's a great scene in The Two Towers. And this is, it's in the extended cut of the film, but not in the, the normal one, where, where the, you've got the three friends who are running. You've got Aragorn and Strider and Legolas, and they're, they're chasing after the, the two hobbits, and they're in Fangorn Forest, and, and, and they think Saruman's coming up, and it's Gandalf, yay, he's back! And, and uh, Gimli says, we thought you were Saruman. And Gandalf says, well, you could say that I am Saruman. Saruman as he was meant to be, mm-hmm. which is just playing off of what you get in Romans with the Jesus is the new Adam thing. That, that, that's the whole point of that. And so when you get that, that language of, of Kalos, there does have that, it, it, it's not the idea of, wow, he's quite skilled at being a shepherd. But no, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's the, the good, the, the worthy, the, the, the appropriate, the fitting, the, the, the fairest. So, cool. so it, it's, a, it's a neat statement. But then you get this, the, one, the shepherd who is fitting, who is worthy, who does what he should be doing, does what? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, think about this for a second. All right, all right, all right, Thomas, you, you, you are uh, a good shepherd. Okay. All right. Generally, do you think of the good shepherd as the one who dies? No. Uh, there's a great scene from the movie Patton, which is a, a movie about World War II general George Patton. Great movie. George C. Scott does a fantastic job of great scenes where he's standing up in front of a giant American flag giving patriotic speeches to motivate the troops. And he goes, the job of a soldier is not to die for his country. The job of a soldier is to make the other sap die for his country. <laughs> which is just a great... But I, I mean, generally... You don't want the shepherd to die. That does not seem like the way it should be. Right. Yet, yet this is the point that Christ is making. We've had before this that whole contrast between the the she, the, the the robber who comes in not through the door, doesn't bring about Christ, is trying to fleece the sheep, and and Jesus, no, I, I'm I'm what a shepherd's supposed to be, and I'm going to die for the sheep. Now, Thomas. Mm-hmm. You've heard me preach this before. You've heard me ask this question. But I'm going to ask it again. Suppose I am dealing with the farm family that has livestock. Mm-hmm. Around here, we've got a few goats. Not as many folks who have cattle, but I'll, we've got a few goats. In fact, one of my, my members has a goat that's ready to get out. And, and do you think if one of my farmers dies defending one of the goats or one of the sheep, it's going to be a, a great comfort for me in the sermon to say, ah, oh, yeah, good old Chuck, he, he died saving that sheep. <laughs> no. <laughs> be, because wh- what's the relative worth? Even if you don't like the guy, he's still worth more than a sheep, right? Right, I, I, right. And yet, I'm the good shepherd. I lay, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is radically 
turning everything on its head because basically <clears throat> well David was the good shepherd and he didn't lay down his life he he, he killed the things he mm. killed the bears and killed the lion but 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 you don't think of him as laying down their life and so what you get here is a radical shifting of expectation sheep are there to be used can be to be consumed that's why the robber wants to steal them the good shepherd says no they're they're not dis- disposable they're not expendable they're at the point and they're more valuable than me and that's what christ says with his entire life this is the this is the profundity of the christian faith in Christ Jesus, by his going to the cross, by his suffering and dying, God has said, you are more valuable than he himself is, which is a profound thing. We're not a pagan religion where we try to bribe off God or, oh, I'll, I'll pray really hard if you give me. No, no, no. God's already said you're worth more than he himself is. In fact, I will come down from heaven, says God, and suffer just to save you. I will deal with stuff I never had to because that's what I want to do because that's how valuable you are. Mm-hmm. Harumph. So. Cool. Fun way to go to break. Yay! We, we, did we get a whole verse done? Wow. We're, so. we're, Must we're, be a record for sure. Of course, some of that was some great, great podcasting radio. In fact, actually, may, maybe we can put a thing at the beginning and say, it's a game. See if you can beat them to finding where you, the things are. Ah! <laughs> Go listen to it again, and it'll be more exciting this time. Let's come back after a break and restart. And we're back to the uh, Gospel Boldly Podcast. I had to remember the name again. Oh, it's been a long... Happy 2016, Thomas. Happy 2016, listeners. We're we're back at it in uh, John... 10 in the midst of the Good Shepherd section. And uh, Thomas, would you be willing to read for us uh, verse 12? Okay. Let's see. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Actually, can go through, uh, um, well, 14. Okay. Actually, I guess it will be 15. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. All right. Um, One of the things that comes up here is we get this idea of, oh, well, he cares because he owns them. And and again, that almost makes things too monetary, isn't it? Oh, well, I, I own them and they have value. The, the Greek word there, back in verse 12, uh, he, does not, uh, he doesn't care for them because the sheep are not idia, are, are not his own. And, and so rather than saying because he doesn't own the sheep, I'd want to say because the sheep are not his. Whereas the point that Christ makes is the, the sheep are his, the sheep are mine. That's the way it is. It's much easier to care <laughs> about about the sheep or the child who is your own than than the one that belongs to someone. It, it's That's not so a matter true. of of val of monetary value. It's not like, well, I don't actually own the sheep; they're not a loss to me. I get paid out. No, no. It, it, it there's that that sense of belonging, of commonality, of 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 they're they're mine. They they belong to me. So there there's no 
it's not really pushing a monetary sense. There's no economic tra- there's no transactionalism in this. Okay. The 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 attitude of of the shepherd, the good one, towards the sheep has nothing to do with your utility to him, but rather you're his. And dang it, he's gonna take care of you. That's the way it is. And, and you get this. Well, yeah, people will flee. They'll run away. They're hired hands. They're just out for, if you're just out for gain, you care nothing about the sheep. If you're just out to make a buck, if you're, if you're looking to play that whole transactional game, you don't care. Christ Jesus isn't out to make a buck on you, despite what the televangelist might say. <laughs> Rather, you're his. And, and he's going to take care of you, come literally hell and high water. So, and, uh, and and there's okay i know my sheep and my sheep know me that's relational language it's not a matter of oh i'm such a good shepherd that the sheep know who i am no no it's we're bound together i i can't view my sheep with indifference because they're mine and again think about how profound this is because really where do shepherds rank on the whole hierarchy of Cool, awesome jobs in the ancient world. Pretty near the bottom. Pretty near the bottom. Yet, again, remember, David, the youngest son, got to be the shepherd. Why? Because no one wanted to be the shepherd. Because, let's face it, as animals go, what are sheep? Really, really dumb. This is one where, you know, this is not exactly a giant complimentary, uh, uh, image for us if i look at a people and say you're a bunch of sheep is that generally a a, a positive thing <laughs> no <laughs> no if i said you're a bunch of lions that could be positive you're you're mighty bulls yeah you're full of bull ah, maybe not as much but but in the whole i mean okay it's not saying you're like a bunch of hamsters okay that might be but but sheep are pretty low mm-hmm. and for the animals that you domesticate that there no Christ treats you with value far 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 above what you would have according to the world because you are his own because he knows you and you know him boom that's that relationship he right. has your, your mind boom all right any thoughts there? Nope. All right. Do you want to? We went through fifteen, don't didn't we? Yeah. All right. Well, let's go on and do sixteen. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. All right. Now I, he's talking to the Pharisees here. Remember. And he's warning them, you know, don't don't get all proud because of your heritage and all that, because you know what? <laughs> You're sheep. <laughs> and I have other sheep that aren't of this fold. And you know what? They're just as valuable. And what's going to happen? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And they're going to hear my voice, and we're going to be one giant flock together. There will be neither red sheep and blue sheep. I, was trying to think of, I don't know different breeds of sheep. We're we're all going to be one sheep full. We're not going to have Jewish sheep over here and Gentile sheep over here. No, no. There will be one flock, one one fold, and this is the way it's going to be. And it's all going to be around me because you're all mine, and I am of all of you. Yay! So, and then seventeen. 
17. Oh, actually, they're 17 and 18. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Hmm. Now, what's interesting about this is Jesus says, yeah, this is what the Father sent me to do. This is is what my job is. I'm going to go die. Not because y'all are going to force me, but because I choose to, and I choose to rise again as well. Why? For the good of the sheep. For for y'all's good. It's not for my benefit. It's not for Christ's benefit that he's running around putting up with the Pharisees. He's doing it for our good, for their good. So, so this is that whole point. And you do get this great word, <clears throat> authority. Mm-hmm. Now, Thomas, if I say authority, what do you generally think of? Uh, someone who knows their stuff or maybe gets to boss people around because of their title. When we think of authority, we think of, of either uh, of the ability to put people in their place. <laughs> if I'm an authority on... If I'm an authority on the Force Awakens, I can use my superior Star Wars knowledge to put you in your place. Fair enough. Yeah, or something. Or, or if I, I, I'm a bigwig, I can use my authority. Yeah, you're gonna do what? I, not the point here. Authority, when Jesus uses it in the Gospels, is almost always tied to forgiveness, to salvation, to life. I have authority to lay down my life and to take it up again. What's that for? So it's to win life and salvation. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, as we hear at the end of Matthew. Mm-hmm. Therefore, what? <laughs> you're going to be going around, you're going to be baptizing people, and then you're going to be teaching them. Why? Because I want them forgiven and baptized, and yay! Authority in the scriptures, in the New Testament, always ties to Christ winning salvation for his people. And, and it's why? Because that's who Christ is. It, it it's what he is. And and authority, exousia, is that which comes out of your being, out of your identity. It's who he is coming out into practice. That's what authority is. Well, think about it. Um authority. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. In the 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 last part of the catechism is the table of duties. And look, consider your station in life and see what your duties are. Mm-hmm. Whatever your position, you have duties and obligations and the ability to do things, the right to the call that comes from that. That's that idea of what authority is. It's that what flows from your position. And what's Christ's position? <laughs> I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd is what? He has the authority to lay down his life for the sheep and to take it up again for the sheep because that's what the good shepherd does. Woohoo! Nice. All right. Cool. Okay. A- any thoughts? It strikes me how much this particular chapter, the good shepherd, in general, pulls from Ezekiel 34. Would you talk for a little bit about Jesus's use of the Old Testament here and how, why is he doing what he's doing? Why is he making such strong allusions to things that have gone before from, from the mouths of the prophets? remember he's talking to the Pharisees Mm -hmm. and the Pharisees are 
the super Jews, as it were. The where were the Jewish theme Jewish the Jewish theme Jews of the Jews. Right. <laughs> that was really hard to say. And the problem is they think that's what they are, but they've forgotten who they actually are, what the what the point is to be. They they've gotten wrapped up in in we've got our our hoop, our holy hoops that we jump through and we can say, oh look, I'm doing Corbon here and I and so what you have is you have Jesus playing off of these strong, strong Old Testament imageries to kind of hearken them back to their identities, to hearken them back to, no, 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 you should be people of the word. The, the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, and it's not as though he hadn't been talking. Look, you've got, you, you've got multiple scrolls of what the shepherd has said to you already mm -hmm. and, and i've done a lot of foreshadowing with shepherds i mean I, that whole david being the shepherd thing could have been like really good foreshadowing or, or let, let's face it even back in jesus day they did like the 23rd psalm that was still a popular <laughs> one right Ooh, green pastures yeah how pretty I, I mean so so really this is part of me wants to say it's rubbing their nose and how much of the scriptures they've abandoned. Part of me will say it, it is a call to to appeal to the scriptures to know this is really what your identity should be. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? For sure. Does that answer what you wanted to know? Yeah, thank you. All right. <clears throat> well, let's see if it works. Uh, okay. That, oh, that's a terrible thing I'm preaching against that actually. All this practicality. <laughs> that, that'll be my sermon for Sunday. But anyway, nice. uh, 19 through 21, if you can read that for us. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Now note, you get this, this division. Even as Jesus talks, as he teaches, things don't really get better. That, that excuse me, the, the conflict he brings just kind of keeps getting up more and more and more and and folks who want to be complained get want to complain get more and more vociferous in their complaints mm -hmm. now it's not just that he is a demon he's insane so it's, it's not even like a crafty subtle demon it's just a <laughs> demon. i mean he's bonkers it's like well, no no look look he he, he He's healing. He's doing good stuff. Maybe we should actually. He he's hearkening back to the Old Testament. Wait, maybe we should listen to him. So so really, you get that the sheep hear the voice, and it makes sense. The ones who aren't sheep. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Any other thoughts there? Nope, not on that. All right. Well, let's let's pause. We'll go to break and. We'll be ready for the first Inquisition of 2016. Ooh, better make it a good one. All right. See you on the other side, folks. Now begins... The Inquisition! The 
Inquisition. What a show. The Inquisition. Here we go. We know you're wishing that we'd go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay. And we're back to that part of the show that we lovingly call the Inquisition, where on the Gospel Boldly podcast, we step away from the the normal flow of the scriptures and rather take on topical questions, dealing with important issues of the day and all that type of good stuff. And you can put us to the test. You can send us an email, drop us a line on Facebook, anything like that. Eh, Get a hold of us. We'll answer it. We like getting stuff from the field. But I think we have questions for each other. So We do. how, how, how do you want to handle this today, Thomas? Do you want to answer first, or do you want to ask first? I'll ask first. Okay. All right. So, beginning a new year, we've embarked upon 2016, and of course, a lot of folks out there, you'll see, talking about what to do to make this your best year ever, to make sure that you're more successful this year, to make sure that you're more prosperous, and to make sure that just in general, this year beats the pants off of any previous you know, years, I guess. So contrast that with scripture, which talks not about building up treasure on earth, but building up treasure in heaven. What is treasure in heaven? And instead of giving us ideas about how we can build up treasure on earth this year and make ourselves prosperous with our New Year's resolutions, can you give us some examples of building up treasure in heaven instead? Before I get to treasure in heaven, when you're asking that question, I've been doing a Bible study here Sunday mornings, going over Ecclesiastes. Oh, okay. That fits well. <laughs> and, and, and just, I, I've got a lot of Ecclesiastes and reading Luther on Ecclesiastes. And, and the idea is, yeah, if you think you're going to make this year the best year, you're going to get what God sends you. And you know what? Enjoy what he sends you, whether it's best according to your probably greedy definitions or <laughs> or not the best just just go for the flow because you know what you're not in control and, and that's one of the things to to come on up or well th- this is part of understanding that treasure in heaven that we're not in control of things that's mm. not all about what we do but well or as james would put it you don't say i'm going to do this this year but if the lord wills i'm going to do this this year right all right okay now Conversely, you do hit to something better than all this. Okay, I've lost some weight. I, I, I'm down 15 pounds. I'd like to lose another 30 this year. If I do, great. If I don't, oh well. But you'll be healthier. Yeah, and who knows what happens. I might drop 30 pounds and then keel over. I, <laughs> I, not That's not my control. But you know what? Ultimately, it doesn't matter because whether I live another how old am I? Okay, 70 years. That, that, that's probably the upper limit now. I, ha- I had to do math in my head. I'm getting older. Or, or whether it's 70 minutes. Either way, the reality is I belong to Christ. I'm one of his sheep. And really, the, the, the idea of, of laying up for yourself treasures in heaven is not even a matter of you go do things so that God will, oh, yeah, like you, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. no. Realize what you got. Realize who you are as a baptized child of God. One of my, uh, one of the Luther quotes I know of is that Luther says, "You know, a Christian would have in baptism more than enough to study his entire life, more than enough to study a hundred lifetimes." Because think of this: we're we're, we're siblings of Christ. 
of God. Jesus is our brother. The, the king of creation is, is our brother. What does that make us, Thomas? We're princes. Here we are. <laughs> okay, all right. That was like really awesome if you like like Queen and Highlander. But <laughs> Okay, that was really terrible, even if you like Queen and Highlander. In fact, <laughs> if you like them, you're probably even really angry at me. That was horrible. But but so some of it <clears throat> really when you get that whole idea of storing up treasures in heaven, it's not a matter of do this for Jesus, but rather, man. Just sit back, relax, and see what God has done for you. See how how he has really filled you with good things, not only just for here, but for eternity, and, and to learn to see more and more that. Um, thinking of storing up treasures in heaven, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the spies entering Cana. Okay. Twelve men went to spy on Cana, ten were bad, and two were good. Yay! Um, the 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 lousy spies looked and said, "Oh, everything's too big. We're gonna get beat up if we go in there." Contrast: Joshua and Caleb say, "Look at the awesome stuff the Lord is giving to us in this land." That's that idea. When we look at things, we should not say, "Look at what we have to do. Look at all this hard stuff." Oh, I don't know if I can get it done. Ooh, I better come up with a great new nifty plan. What will be my six-step plan this year in 2016 to accomplish? No, no, no. Look at what God has prepared for you, taking care of you in body and soul now, preparing you for life everlasting. That's the reality. That's your treasure. Be focused more and more on that. See what Christ has done for you rather than trying to make your life all about what you do. Mm -hmm. That work? That works. All right. Are you ready for your question? Bring it on. I've I've got my son on my lap now. I didn't a minute ago, so I, I'm regretting not going first. But all right, be that as it may. All right. Okay. Are you ready for your question? Yes. Who are Ray's parents? Whoa. Wait. Okay. No. 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 That's not the real question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought that'd be kind of fun to ask. That's right, hilarious. Here's my here's my question. Okay. Completely shifting gears from that. All right. One of the laments and complaints that I will hear about Christianity is just how patriarchal it is and such and such like that, and and how Christianity is really just about men bossing women around. How, Thomas, do you respond to that accusation? Well, I'm just going to steal blatantly and without any sort of uh, any sort of fear or or dread whatever, from the Adam 4D comic that I saw recently on this very subject, which says, and we need to probably post this on the, the Facebook page so people can actually see it. Great comics, adam4d.com, where he says, uh, basically, as, as the argument runs, yeah, patriarchal men oppressing women and women supposed to do this and that and supposed to remain silent in the church. How, how horrible. The point is brought up. Well, look what men are called to do for women, which is to subjugate themselves to the woman's good and even to the point of dying for them like Christ did for the church. So far be it from being uh, oppressive to women, quite the contrary. It's actually a situation where uh, men are called to not oppress them, but give, give everything even unto their, or even up to and including their own lives. So that's the really quick and simple answer. I think, I think it was pretty well, I'm going to, I'm going to follow nice. up on that. Okay. If that is true, Thomas, if that's what Christianity is supposed to be, then why do so many people think it's about men bossing women around? 
I can't account for that. <laughs> I mean, certainly there are folks who have taken the message of the gospel and twisted it to their own destruction, as scripture says, but that was predicted, or that is something that was predicted to happen in advance anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I guess the best answer I can give is I just the one I just did, maybe to, to sum up. It's a situation where human beings in their fallen state twist the good news of the gospel, twist the the good commands that have been given for our benefit to be something we can use to whack our neighbor over the head with instead of being used to strengthen and uh, and point towards the gospel in Christ, who, again, as a man, died for his bride, the church. This is where I think the rubber meets the road on this, is we forget that power in the scriptures. Whenever God talks about power or authority or anything like that, it's always to be used to serve. Mm -hmm. you, you've got a, a midget, a, a child on your lap. Do you have authority and power over that child? Yep. The only reason so, but... you have power and authority over the child is to serve the kid for his own good. That That's the only reason. In fact, once he can be off on his own, he goes off on his own and cleaves to his wife and says, see you, mom and dad. You, you <laughs> did your job well. Now I'm gone. You have no more authority over me. Right. I, I mean, that that, that uh, we think about uh, police have been in the news and you've got had rough cops and bad cops and all that type of stuff. The the old badge is to protect and serve. The reason the police officer has authority is not for his own benefit, but to benefit those he's protecting. So the, what, what happens is, yeah, there is authority, but authority is always meant to be based on service. And whenever authority becomes not about whom you're serving, but who I am, then it's going to get corrupted. In fact, the, the whole argument of, well, who has power over someone else? Who has the right to tell someone else what to do? Mm -hmm. Well, you've missed the whole point of, of submit yourselves to one another out of reverence to Christ. Yep. Not about power plays. It's about service. I like that. All right. Now, I, I didn't realize I was going to talk about authority in the last segment. When I came up with this question for him, but hey, it shapes him. So, <laughs> there you go. all right. A any other thoughts? Uh, I, I see you are doing a, a good fatherly duty tending to a child. So, how about I read for a bit, okay? Perfect. Sounds good. All right. All right. We're, we're carrying on John chapter 10, starting up at verse 22. At that time, the feast of dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple of the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long do you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Now, here we have Hanukkah. Yay! Hanukkah, Hanukkah, happy joyous day! All right. <laughs> dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> dreidel, 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 I made you out of play. All right, so, Thomas, um, here we are, halfway through the Gospel of John. Uh, do you think Jesus has been very plain about who he is? Do I think he's been plain about it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, more or less, just to to a greater or lesser extent, yes. I mean, I mean, he hasn't specifically said, yes, I am the Christ. But he's walking around saying, I am all the time. Yeah. I am the good shepherd. And, and, and yes. look, I, I, you don't have to, to 
connect too many dots to see that this is messianic stuff for sure so so why do you why do you think this is just why, why do you think they're so stubborn oh is it just trying to find uh, excuses to deny is it trying to to find something to complain about no i mean i think it's the human tendency to try and supplant or supplant a god with with oneself so in this situation, you have God coming back into creation in, in a very extremely present way and saying, not only am I going to reintroduce you to myself in, in this intimate form, but I'm also going to do it as one of your brothers, like you were pointing out a while ago. Every fiber in the human being, sinful heart, soul, and mind wants to reject that and, and replace it again with themselves. So it's, it's hard to take. Well, and Jesus calls them on it. Yeah. Starting at verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Now, how's that for flinging stuff in their face? That, <laughs> I yeah. use flinging stuff in their face funny because the, the very well, the, the, the next verse is the Jews picked up stones again to stone. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> so, but, but Jesus basically is laying it out here. Look, let me spell it out for you. I and the Father are one. When you look at me, you see God. Or, or as the, the New Testament will put it later, he is the image of the invisible father. Mm-hmm. And, and look, you guys are having to jump through hoops to deny the reality of who I am. And you know why? You're just not of my flock. But you know what? You ain't going to change anything. You're not going to get to play control. It's not about your power plays and your control because guess what? You can't touch my sheep. You can't snatch them. You can't take them out of my hand. You can't take them out of the Father's hand. So, neener, 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 neener. And we'll, we'll, we'll leave it with there. And we'll, we'll get a little bit more back and forth. And they'll still want to kill them. They'll want to kill them really good after this one. <laughs> so, all right. So all right. We'll sign off and see you all next week in that case. Have a great one, y'all.